What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and here with me on the other end of the line is my co-host, Curtis. And, guys, we told you last week that we were done with hoops for a while until there was some movement or news or something of the sort on the coaching front. And, well, Saturday afternoon came, and lo and behold, we find out that Mark Fox has been relieved of his duties as the head basketball coach of the Georgia men's hoops program. So, obviously, today... We do have a lot to talk about on the hoops front in regards to this decision and who we should target as our next head coach, so we will definitely get into all of that uh, in short order. But first, I want to make sure we remind everyone out there that you can follow us on Twitter, at Glory underscore UGA. Definitely appreciate uh, all of you that follow us on Twitter and share your thoughts with us, and I want to make sure everyone knows where to find the show as well. Obviously, clearly, you're listening to us somewhere, but I want to make sure everyone knows that uh, you can find us on DogSportsRadio.com. You can also download DogSportsRadio app straight to your smartphone. Uh, if iTunes and SoundCloud are a little easier for you, you can definitely find the show there, and you can also find us on the Stitcher and TuneIn apps as well. So hopefully that makes the show a little bit easier for all of you guys to access uh, however you listen to the show, whether you're on your way to work, the gym, just sitting at home, however it might be. Hopefully we've made it accessible enough for all of you to, to find it the way you want to find it. Uh, and if you get a chance, guys, it'd be awesome if you could just rate and review the show. Uh, I know life is busy, got things going on, but if you could take a minute or two just to Tell us what you think about the show, help support the show, and uh, as we continue to try to grow and bring you guys as much content as we can. But uh, all right, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and talk about this, man. This is this is a big decision uh, for a basketball program. And I, I think everyone, if you listen to the show, you kind of know how we feel uh, uh, about this decision because we've talked about this ad nauseum throughout the year uh, as the losses were piling up. But I, I'm going to go ahead and throw this at you, Kurt, just, I guess, because we should, maybe. Was this the right move for our program? Got to throw that question out there first. Um, I think it is. Just I think the fact is, I think uh, Mark Fox is honestly plateaued. I mean, the last two years coming into the season, we were both uh, hyped up to at least make the tournament, and uh, both years consistently we fell on our fell on our faces. And um, you know, I just don't know. It's, and I mean, let's be honest, next year wasn't going to be any different. You're going to be losing Yante and not really replacing him with uh, any one of the SEC Player of the Year caliber like we had the last two years with JJ and Yante. So I honestly didn't think that next year would be you know would be the year to get Fox over the over the hill over the top. So I mean, my question really would be, you know. What, what, I mean, what's going to change? Well, I think that's the same position we've been in the past couple years. That's one of the reasons I was so frustrated at times bringing him back year after year, especially over the past two or three, because I was asking myself the same question. If we bring him back, what is going to be different next year? And this year, yeah, I think it's even more pronounced, because right, we're losing Yante. There's no J.J. Frazier anymore. It's like, so if you bring him back, it's like, okay, really, what is going to change? Maybe we get Ashton Hagens, and maybe that could change things, but do you want to hold the program hostage potentially for another year just because of one or two recruits. I don't know if that's what you should do. And um, and I think that's the biggest thing is, I mean, you're relying on freshmen. And, and you know, I was generous going back like two years. I mean, you can go back in three when you had two uh, three uh, two seniors in Charles Mann and Kenny Gaines. Yep. Well, there's a team. I mean, we had that team a couple years back with Charles Mann, Kenny Gaines, J.J. Frazier, and Yante Maiden, and we did not make the NCAA tournament. Are you kidding me? That right there is a fireball offense. I'm yeah, sorry. And, and that, and it, should, it should have been over then. Right now, we've set our program back two more years by keeping them around. It yeah, should have been over then. Heard it, Mark Fox's uh, remarks at the end of the, uh, you know, this uh, on Sunday when he was talking to the media, he said, you know, he had been worried about his job stat, you know, his job security since 2014, and I think that, and like you said, I think that's pretty much when it started with the the J or the, you know, we had all four players and didn't do anything. So I mean, since then he had been worried. So it shows that you know he he didn't perform to the standards. 
and obviously, like you said, he, he kind of had the thought in his mind that he was not performing to the standards. Uh, and, and look, he's the guy. I will say this about Mar Fox, all right? I, I, I agree 100%. I tweeted this out last night. I think it was absolutely time to move on. We have not won enough over the past several years, over the last nine years, really. Two tourney bids in nine years is not good enough. Even for a pro- look, guys, I know that we are not a, a blue blood in college basketball. I completely understand that. But two tournaments in nine, in nine years. That's unacceptable for a flagship university in the Southeastern Conference uh, when you have access to the talent that we have access to. It's, it's just not good enough. Uh, it's just not. And, and I know that you can you can sit here and say, again, yes, we are not a traditional powerhouse in basketball. But does that not mean that we should – does that mean that we should, shouldn't try, that we, that we should just be okay with mediocrity? No, I, I honestly believe that we should shoot for better. I'm not, I don't think we'll ever be a, a, a dominant powerhouse year in, year out, but we can be better than what we've been. And who knows? Maybe if, we, if you make the right hire, maybe you can take that jump all off Florida over the past 15 or 20 years or so. Uh, I'm not going to predict that right now, but if you make the right hire, it's not out of the realm of possibility with all the resources that we have at our disposal at this I university. Mean, even Tennessee has really improved, and for the last decade, yeah. they've been a joke, honestly. Well, they bring in Bruce Pearl, and then things change for Tennessee. Now, he did not, I mean, obviously, he, there's some things going on. That, that were rather shady there, obviously, because he gets to show calls and has to leave. But they've elevated their program uh, to where they're consistently, most of the time, pretty good. Uh, uh, yeah, again, Bruce Pearl. I don't know if that's all been on the up and up, but still, you're right. They, they've elevated the program now where they're where they're uh, in the they're top. At least, they're at least buying in the administration. Sure. Is. Yeah, Auburn built a brand new arena. Now, I I think we have put some money into the basketball program, not as much as yeah, some I mean, others. But it also it also took like practically how how long? I mean. How much anger and out, you know, by the sure. fans and things like that. And there's, there's no doubt there as well. But uh, I do want to say, like, I, I do think there was time to move on. It absolutely was. But I, I want to uh, applaud Mark Fox for doing things the right way. I know it's, it's cliche to say, but he, the guy did. He did everything the right way. Um, and he embraced our university. He embraced the larger Athens community. This guy was – he was all in for our, for our university. Yeah, I mean, Mark Fox is a first-class person. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Did, uh, of all the – things we question about his coaching and his coaching style of things there was never ever a single question about his character i mean you you couldn't you couldn't say enough good things when it came to that part absolutely and i I know some people very close very very close to the basketball program like deep within the basketball program and they only they they rave about mark fox and the kind of individual person he is so uh i i I honestly i think this was a necessary move for us but this is not like you know a lot of people like celebrating yes he's gone I, i don't necessarily feel that way i I think this is the right move for our program, and I'm excited about what we can do in the future. But there's also a side of this where I'm upset to see a good man have something like this happen to him. Now, yeah. now he's a big boy. He got into this job, and he knows how it works, and it wasn't good enough. But I don't want to be callous about it. I think that we need to respect him for what he did. He did do things the right way and really was such a great ambassador for our university. So I appreciate everything he's done for us. And it wasn't for a lack of effort. This guy put his heart into the program. So I appreciate what he did. I just happen to think that maybe we could be a little bit better than what we've been. Let me ask you this, though, because this is a popular thing I've heard over the past couple of days, uh, that Mark Fox has left our program better than he found it. Would you agree with that statement? Um, I would because I think, especially towards the end of the Felton era, I mean, you saw it in the first couple of years. I mean, yeah, he had Trey Tompkins and uh, Travis Leslie at the time. But other than that, I mean, I think we have a better basis, and I think we have a little bit more support for the program in general than we did at the time of Felton's firing. It's it's tough to say. Cause I don't want to. I don't want to like just throw dirt on on Dennis Felton all over again. So that's been done plenty of times. Not recently, but in the past it has. But I, I, I certainly think that he has steadied 
our program in rate. He, had, I, I do, I, I honestly would say that Mark Fox has elevated our program. Now he hasn't elevated yeah, to the heights that we want. Foundation. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's elevated our program, he's not to the heights that we want to be ultimately. But there's no doubt that he's elevated our program. You know, there's, it's, you know, one of the reasons people kept saying, that, or one of the 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 stats that people kept touting that kind of supported the idea of bringing him back was, you know, he had the three straight twenty win seasons. So on and so forth, and and that and that's great and all that. That that's, that get put that in context because we play a lot more basketball games in the modern day than they used to do traditionally. So I don't know if that means as much as some people want to throw it out there, but it's true. First, you know, three straight twenty win years never happened before in Georgia history. I get that, but if you look at the basketball years, of the Dennis Felton era, you know, on 08-09, we were twelve and twenty, three and thirteen um, in the SEC that year, and 08 we were seventeen and seventeen, four and twelve. Now we make it the miracle run. Uh, in the SEC tournament, that gets felt in another year, which maybe have set us back in another year there. 06, 07, we were 19 and 14, but only 8 and 8 in the SEC. And 05, 06, 15 and 15, 5 and 11. Those are the last four years of the Dennis Felton era. Felton was uh, 84, 91, his six years in Athens. You look at Mark Fox, he's 163 and 133 by my calculations, if I did that math correct, in nine years. So not spectacular, but he did elevate the program. The, the problem is, he just was never able to completely get us over the hump. And Let's be real, guys. This is not a unique story. This is a story as old as time in college athletics, where you follow a guy that had that where the pro, had the program at a low level, right? You've, after Jim Herrick, and I do want to give Dennis Felton credit. Dennis Felton inherited a program that was in shambles after the Herrick mess, and he did his best there. And then Fox was able to take it to the next step from there. Uh, but when you got like Dennis Felton, and the program never really gets to gets over the hump with you, then you, Mark Fox comes in, takes the job. Where after we're twelve and twenty and oh eight oh nine. And he does elevate the program, but he just didn't elevate it enough. It wasn't quite good enough uh, to get us to that next level, to get us over the hump. And then you bring in somebody else, and hopefully they will be able to get us over the hump. It's not exactly the same as Mark Rick, because Mark Rick had a lot more success than um, than Mark Fox had here at Georgia. But you can also say our football program is a lot more established on a basketball program. But just like this is very similar to Mark Rick, you know, Rick. Elevate our program. He did from the Don era. He got us an SEC title, first one in 20, 20 years, uh, but never quite got over that hump to get us in the national championship. Uh, and then you bring Kirby Smart, and boom, that guy gets it done, or at least gets us to that game, and we're very close to uh, to, to getting that elusive national title. Well, I, maybe that's the case in basketball. I'm not saying we're going to be a national championship contender in basketball, but I can see the next guy coming in after Fox has elevated the program, steady the ship a little bit, uh, brought some stability to the equation. I can see the next guy just – Allow, helping us take that next step as a program, hopefully. Uh, next question here, Kurt. How, like, we're we're going to get into the, the candidates for our job here momentarily, the guys that we are going to be targeting here for this job. But before we start talking about specific names, I want to ask you this. How attractive is the Georgia basketball job? Because this is not a program that has a ton of talent. I mean, very, actually, very I shouldn't say talent, history, basketball tradition to speak of. We don't have much of that. So how attractive is this job? How realistic is it for us to get a name guy? Um, you know, I think it's decently attractive. I think the thing is, especially for some of these guys that are they're either re, uh, rebounding in their careers or some guys that are trying to make the next step, um, you got to really look at it. I mean, you got a great college town in Athens, Georgia. You have passionate fans in general for the school itself that if you put together a decent program, then fa- the fans will come out. And at the same time, I mean, you're in the hotbed. Atlanta produces a quite, a, you know, quite a few a um, top top basketball players. It's one of the two hotbeds in the nation. 
It is, and I, I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, if you were just to land one or two good players, one of the top, you know, decent top players from the state, then you can consistently build a great program. I mean, for the most part, you honestly wouldn't even need to leave the state for basketball athletes. Yeah, unless you wanted to. That's, yeah, that's absolutely I mean, unless true. you wanted to, but I mean, you, realistically, you wouldn't have to. I mean, you got a decent hotbed. Um, and I think at the same time, we're, we're a program that's just waiting for the right person. So this person could come in and honestly mold it into whatever they really wanted. I mean, we got, like I said, we have a decent foundation that's left by Fox. But at the same time, we're looking for someone just to take the reins and really you know, get us going in the right direction consistently. And that's why I said, I think they could really mold this program into something they want. I mean, look at what like someone like a Greg Marshall has done at Wichita state. You see what, when you get a right person for a job, the way they can just mold it into a program to where it it stays its course and it's kind of consistent. Yeah, I agree. I I honestly, I think this is, I know obviously I'm a Homer. You can call me that. I'm proud of it. Whatever. Uh, I think this is a very attractive job. I'm not saying it's the most attractive job in the country or the most attractive job of the market this year. I'm not going to go that far, but it's an attractive job. Like you mentioned, the with the Atlanta talent base plus the fact that Athens is, in my opinion, uh, and this is just a fact, let's be real, the premier college town in the entire universe. Uh, it's, the, it's the flagship university of the state of Georgia. We've got plenty of resources should we choose to allocate them to basketball, which we have uh, over the past couple of years. I know people like to, like to hate on the steg, but – Obviously, if you hang on the stag, you haven't been to a game in a while because it's a totally different arena than it, I mean, than it once was. But I would still say it's probably the second worst in the SEC. But it's totally it, it's there's nothing wrong with the stag. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it whatsoever. Uh, it's not it's not the finest arena in the world, but it's it's there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, it's not. I, I would say it's not going to hold us back from being an elite program if that's if that's if we hire the right coach. Uh, then you also got to factor in the fact that football is taking off. Um, that's a huge thing. It kind of puts the puts the university on the map, uh, gets excitement going. I think you know that that's something that, that could definitely uh, be something a something that a new coach could build off of. Uh, just kind of teaming up there with Kirby Smart. But yeah, I think this is an attractive job, especially the, the Atlanta talent. You can get people to come to Athens. It's a great university. We have the financial resource. If we want to pay somebody, we can pay somebody. There's there's no doubt. It's just a matter of, of willingness. Do we want to do that? Uh, so I, I think this is an attractive job, and I imagine there's going to be some some serious interest in our job, which I which already is being reported by multiple outlets out there in the media. Uh, all right. So before again, before we get into the actual names, let me ask you this one last question: What are you looking for in our next head coach? What are the traits? What are the characteristics that you're looking for? If you're Greg McGarrity and you're hiring this next head coach. Let's all cross our fingers there. But if you're hiring this next head coach, what kind of guy are you looking for? Um, you know, I think there's three traits I really look for. Someone, I think, I, first, I want someone that uh, is honorable. I think I don't want someone out there that's going to be breaking the rules and get you, you know, get you winning for a while, but then set you back by probation and you know things like that, sanctions. So um, I think the first thing is more or less someone that'll at least play by the rules. Um, but the the two other main ones is I want someone that'll continue to play strong defense. But I think the third thing that's most important is I want someone that will run an up-tempo offense that will open things up and really get the offense going, you know, get shots going, get uh, fast breaks going. I think think that really builds off your defense. If you play good defense, then you get the fast break and you can run a more speed, up-tempo type offense. Because I think that's the best way to compete with some of these teams. I don't disagree with anything you said. Actually, I agree with all that. The one thing I would add to what you said is, and this is in all caps, recruiting. We have to have someone, first and foremost, that can go get players. Coaching is important. Don't get me wrong. The X's and O's and all that, that's important. It is. got to be able to develop guys. But in my opinion, I think this has played out. If you watch college basketball like I, like I do is almost religiously during the basketball season, coaching is important. But it is secondary to amassing elite talent. You have to have players. 
if you do not have players, you're not going to win at an elite level it, or at a consistent level. So first and foremost, you have to have somebody that's going to go out there and get players. You need somebody that's gonna, that, sh- that can go out and get Ashton Higgins to, to recommit to the program and, and keep some of the other guys, uh, the Muzi that we got out there, uh, keep Elias Keen. got to keep those guys. We need somebody that can do that, not just keep those guys, but go out and get other players in the future. To me, that's the primary characteristic that I'm looking for. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and then, kind of like you said as well, I would also, the second thing for me is I want somebody that's going to embrace modern basketball. Take basketball, what it's become, and just run with it. Build your team around guard play, not post play. That is not, that is basketball 20 to 30 years ago. Modern basketball is all about guard play. You want to have a, you want to have a big that's an active big that can rebound the basketball and defend the rim. That's that's what you need. You don't need, to, but you don't need to build your entire offense around post play. You need to build it around guard play. That's what the teams are doing that that are winning on a consistent basis, especially in the in the tournament. And I agree with you. Want to be up tempo. Certainly cannot neglect defense. Uh, but we 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 need better offensive basketball play right now. There's no doubt about that. Uh, so if, if we can if we can find a guy that will embrace the modern style of basketball, then I think that we could be in business here. Uh, do you think that we have the talent on hand right now? for a guy to come in and make it to the tournament next year? Um, no, because we don't have a true point guard. I think that's what's holding us back. I mean, Hightower may be able to do it, but he hasn't developed because um, I think we just need – we don't have a true creator offensively. Not right now. What if we're able to actually land Ashton Hagens, get him coming next year? Because um, he's yeah, reclassified as an 18 recruit. I think he could, um, but I still think our depth-wise, because, I mean, uh, once you get past um, you know the first five, which when you would have Claxton – um, probably Agbede and then Hammonds and whoever your two guard is with you, you know maybe a um, with um, Turl or Crumb probably yeah and then, I, yeah, I think Turl's probably guard. better fit as a two guard anyway yeah I do too but after that I mean you really don't have anyone and I think death wise is where it hurts you because I mean Woolridge will come off the bench he's not going to bring you anything special offensively especially um, down low your only guy off the bench would be Mar- uh, Mike Edwards um, he's still on the team. Exactly. So I think that that may be the only. Well, don't discount Jordan Harris. I, I, with Fox gone, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jordan Harris back on this team. If Jordan Harris comes back, he probably actually started our two, and I think yeah. he could. And I think if he maybe someone that I think also you may see these players. One thing that I don't think has been talked about is if we bring in a coach that runs up tempo freestyle offense, these players may play more free. Because they're all so stiff. And How could you, you play know, any less free than what they've played over the last nine years? Yeah, because they're all. If you look at them, the players are always on edge. Sometimes I feel you'll see players that if you watch other teams, the players will just throw up the shots. Where our guys will have the space, but they're afraid to pull the trigger out of fear of being pulled out right away. Because well, when they do pull the trigger and it's a quote unquote bad shot, they are pulled out right away. Well, well, certain guys, certain guys have longer leash for whatever reason. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I I don't know, I, I don't know if we have a ton of talent coming back next year. I think we have some guys. It depends on what this recruiting class actually ends up as, but the, that'll that's that'll be played out. But I, I think if it's a big if, if a guy like Rayshon Hammonds can take a a big step in his second year, which is not out of the question. This guy was a top fifty recruit. I really like what I've seen on Nicholas Clax. I think he can take a big step or a good solid step next year. Hightower came on late in the season. He's still very much a work in progress, but he could be a good solid player for us yeah, next he's year. He's got hit free throws. He's got hit free throws. He's just got to become a more consistent shooter um, all around. He started hitting a couple threes in the tournament, but that was certainly the exception from compared to what he was doing for most of the year. So I, I think there's some nice pieces, but you're right. I don't know if we have that one guy that's going to go get you a bucket when you need a bucket uh, unless we land Ashton Hagens, which I, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see who we end up landing uh, at the head coaching position before we can – Really look too deep into that. All right, well, let's actually get into some of these candidates here. Now, would you prefer 
going after an established name that has won before at a high level, or would you prefer going after a young, up-and-coming type coach who's hungry and go out and kind of energize the fan base? Um, you know, the thing is with these young guys that are trying to up-and-comers, the thing is the only thing that affects them really is name recognition when it comes to recruiting. If you want to hold on to someone like a Hagens, someone that's a little bit already established may be better and help us in holding him down, uh, getting him to recommit. The yeah. name recognition is huge when it comes to recruiting. I, I've i seen this kind of this idea you know, bandied about on message boards and talking to some of my buddies. You know, some guys like, hey, let's go, out, let's go get a guy that's won. We don't need to get you know one of these – Young guys, we've gone that route the past two times, and I get that. You know, going Dennis, with Dennis Felton, going Mark Fox, we got guys from the mid-major level, and it didn't work out for us. But that doesn't mean it won't necessarily work out this time, right? I think that's a fallacy saying, "Well, it didn't work out the last two times," it means it definitely won't work this time. I, I, I don't think that's true. This means we got the wrong guy the last two times we we made a hire on the on the hoops front. If we hired the right young guy this time, it could work out. That has no what happened the past two t- hires has no bearing on what hap- what's going to happen this time. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's yeah. I, 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 I hear that argument like that has that has absolutely no bearing whatsoever what's going to happen this time around. You can't just say, oh well, we hired two mid major guys last time. It means if I hire a mid major guy this year, it's going to fail. No, not maybe, but not necessarily at all. Uh, but I mean, I, I don't know. To me, it's just about getting the right guy. If that happens to be uh, an established name like uh, Thad Mata or Tom Crean, that's great. If it happens to be a young guy like a, a an Earl Grant or a Wes Miller from UNC Greensboro, maybe even a Danny Hurley from Rhode Island, then that's great too. Whoever we think is the best guy for this job, I would probably prefer a guy who's won at a high level. I think, like you said, the name recognition is a big deal on the recruiting front. If we're going to try to keep uh, these. Uh, 2018, 2019 recruiting classes together. I, I think that's something that could certainly help us there. Uh, and I, look, if if you can get a guy that's been to a Final Four, I mean, don't you have to take that? Yeah, I mean, that, I think that's the hardest thing. It's like, how do you turn that down? Do you pass on that. It's, how do you turn that down for a guy that maybe could possibly be a Final Four caliber coach, but you don't know that that's com- completely a projection. If you hire a Thad Mata or a Tom Crean, you know you've got a guy that's been to the Final Four. And in Thad Mata's case, multiple times. You've got if you go with an Earl Grant or West Miller or Danny Hurley, you're saying we think that you have the potential to do that, but you don't know. Uh, now, I guess if you hire Mata or Crean, you say you know we know you've been there and we're thinking you have the chance to get back there, but we don't know if they'll be able to get back there. But at least they've done it at a high level. Uh, so that's that to me. If I had to lean one way, I would lean more towards going for a uh, an established name. But look, if if, if we find if, if somebody blows away in the interview process, and we find a guy that that's a young up and coming type coming from a mid major program that we really believe in, I, I don't think we should completely write them off. But it's like you said, it's really hard to pass up with that modern Tom Crean, or Rick Pitino, Greg Marshall, whoever it might be, if they. We're actually interested in our job. It's tough to pass up. All right, let's get into these actual candidates. All right, Thad Mata and Tom Crean are the two names instantly uh, Saturday that we that you start hearing the most about. And these guys, we've heard their names mentioned for the past couple weeks, really, as it looked more and more likely that Mark Fox was was going not was not going to be retained as our head coach. So if you're looking at those two guys, first, Thad Mata and Tom Crean. Thad Mata from Ohio State uh, was. Well, I don't think it was a completely a mutual thing. He still wanted to coach at Ohio State, but late, really late last year, like in the early summer, was let go uh, at Ohio State. Had some health issues with his back and his foot. Uh, Tom Crean, most recently of Indiana, or from Indiana. If you had to pick from those two guys, which way would you lean there? I would look at uh, probably Sad Mata. I 
think the biggest thing is his name recognition is so much better. Um, I think he's been a more consistent coach. Ohio State was, was a consistent staple of the Big Ten for a long time while he was there. I mean, he's put quite a few big name players into the NBA also. So, I mean, he can also, you can, he can go out there to recruits and say, I've put these people in the league. Um, I've done this. I've been there. And I think another thing that is, uh, you know, not talked about enough is after Cream was fired, the cover was a little bit bare at uh, Indiana. But look, um, Ohio State was, I think, as of yesterday, it was like, I think I want to say a five seed or something yeah. in the, in the uh, NCAA tournament. So, I mean, he, he did not leave Ohio State in a bad situation. Kata Bates D up. He recruited that guy. Jay Sean Tate, he recruited that guy. Uh, look, I, if I'm looking at both these guys, and I, I'd be happy with either one. Um, I think it would be, well, I would say, I'll say this. I think it would be, either guy would be an upgrade over Mark Fox, right? Yeah, that's uh, very sensitive. Yeah, so I, that's so in that sense, I'd be okay with either one. But I, I 100% would prefer Thad Mata over Tom Crean for a couple of reasons. His resume is just significantly better than Tom Crean. There's no there's no comparison to the resumes. If you look at Thad Mata's resume, this guy has a 740 win percentage. 740, all right? 439 and 154 overall. You know, Xavier's a good team now, right? They're a really good basketball program. He's really the one that got them going. In 2004, uh, got fired kind of-ish last year. But this guy that's got two Final Fours on his resume – Five Big Ten regular season titles, four Big Ten tournament titles, two Atlantic Ten tournament championships, two Atlantic Ten regular season titles, a Horizon League champ- tournament championship, and Horizon League regular season championship when he was coaching Butler. This is a guy that has a championship pedigree. Now, if you compare yeah, that to Tom you. Crean, Tom Crean's got a, 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 a six, 606 winning percentage, 356 and 231 overall. He's got one Final Four, Dwayne Wade at Marquette. That's basically what. Yeah, that's Dwayne Wade. Yeah, it was with Dwayne Wade. Uh, and that got him uh, the Indiana job, more or less. Uh, and then in Indiana, he regularly underachieved. If you talk to people um, that, are, that are Indiana fans, at least if you listen to what they had to say. Uh, they weren't super thrilled with him as a coach. Obviously, that's why he got fired. But he did have two Big Ten regular season titles in 2013-2016. Uh, never made a Final Four with Indiana, but still was consistently a presence in the tournament. Then when he wasn't, late in his tenure at Indiana, he was gone. And one of the things about that you hear about Tom Green, I have no inside information on, on Green, but there's a lot of, of scuttlebutt out there about him being somewhat hard to work with, abrasive, uh, a tough personality, that kind of thing. And that's fine when you're winning, but when you're not, like he, like at the end of his tenure at Indiana, then it's much easier to part ways with you. And that's one of the reasons why it was so hard for us to get rid of Fox because he is a genuinely good guy, and that, that carries a lot of weight. People want to work with you. They like having you around. They want to give you the benefit of the doubt. Tom Crean, not so much. Now, Amada, you hear the exact opposite. He's more of a – you hear at least the general, the general thought that you hear out there in the media uh, is that he's a really great guy, a la Mark Fox – Easy to work with, easy to get along with. So if I, if you look at the resume and then look at what you hear about both guys' personalities, whether it's true or not, just what you hear is the narrative out there about them. I, I think Thad Mata is the guy you go with here. He's the guy that I would target number one. He's my number one target, no doubt about it. And if, if we can't land him, then then Tom Crean, I'm fine with Tom Crean. But I think Mata easily has the better resume and would be the better hire here. There's no doubt about it. Now, does Mata really hit? The characteristics that you said you're looking for, is he a good enough recruiter for you? Um, I think he has, you know, like I said, you, I mean, you name some of those guys right now in Ohio State that are uh, the players leading the team. And I mean, if you look at some of these players he's put in the NBA, I think he's put more, I mean, Cream, his call to fame really is Dwayne Wade, where Mata has consistently put players in the first round um, throughout his entire career at Ohio State. So Jared, he recruited Jaron Soldier, five-star recruit. Greg Oden, five-star mega recruit. Uh, D'Angelo Russell was a major five-star one-and-done prospect. Turner. Evan Turner. He recruited all of those guys. And 
uh, I didn't write it down. It was in the car day when my wife was driving. I was trying to count it up. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head, but I was looking up his uh, recruiting classes at Ohio State during his tenure, and there were, if I remember correctly, at least five times they were at least in the top six nationally in recruiting in their final classes. Uh, and multiple five stars we mentioned, Solinger, Odin, Russell, all those guys, some big-time prospects that he was able to recruit. So if you can do that uh, at Ohio State, which is a, it's a great university, there's no doubt about that, the great tradition, but they don't have the, the, the talent base that we have here in Atlanta. So if he's able to get some guys like that, then and he also got Daniel Giddens out of Atlanta. He got actually plenty of guys from Atlanta to come up there to Ohio State. So it's not like he hasn't had any experience recruiting in the South, no, not as consistently as somebody who's been working down here, but he's, he's certainly had – uh, some success recruiting guys out of the Atlanta area. So I, I think he's a guy that can get the job done the recruiting front. And to me, that's priority number one. He's clearly a good coach. Got the uh, got his teams the Final Four two different times, multiple Big Ten titles, Big Ten tournament titles. Uh, to me, it's a no-brainer. If, if he's interested, I think you go with Thad Mon. That's, that's me first and foremost here. Uh, next guy I want to mention is somebody whose name got thrown into the ring by ESPN's Jay Williams on Twitter last night. And that's Former Louisville, former Kentucky head coach, Rick Pitino. He's kind of toxic right now with the FBI investigation going on. If Rick Pitino was interested, Curtis, would, should we be interested in him? I think my biggest thing is what does it hurt to make a phone call and have an interview? I don't think it hurts to communicate. Uh this one, I don't – ah, man, you asked me this question last night. And I, I was like – you know, when you asked me off the cuff, I was like, heck, yeah, dude, I'd take him in a second. And I, I still – as a coach, yes. But you got you to think about the baggage that comes along with that. Now, he has said that he wants to get back into coaching, and whoever's willing to give him a shot, take a flyer on him, he will open up his phone records, email records, anything you want, he'll give you access to to prove that he had nothing to do with it. But still, it's, it's even if that's the case – it's hard to get around that scandal has followed, has followed this guy just about everywhere he's been, um, especially at, at Louisville with whether it's him having an extramarital affair and lying about it and or whatever, however that went down. Then you have the, the, the stripper scandal at Louisville, and then you've got um, an assistant coach potentially paying play. It's just it's, – it's, there's a lot of baggage there. And knowing our program, especially after the, what happened with Jim Herrick, and now in the context of the FBI investigation and all this that's about to unfold over the next couple months, I don't know if it would be wise to bring in Rick Pitino. Is that fair? Yeah, my thing is, the one thing that I thought of is you don't want to hire the guy then him get a show cause penalty or something. That's the thing. It's like it's, it's, a, it's a very risky move. It's, it's high risk, high reward. If you bring Rick Pitino in, that instantly elevates our program. I mean, we would be a winner. I don't say overnight, but pretty quickly. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I think we win pretty quickly with Rick With his track record, there's, there's almost no doubt there. Uh, the guy's just a great basketball coach, and he can get talent. There's no doubt whether he does that on the up, but I don't know. But there's a lot of risk there with this FBI investigation. It's a delay coming down. There could be a potential show cause. They've already stripped uh, Louisville of their national title. Uh, under Rick Pitino, so I, it's a very risky move. The only way you possibly do that is if you're given some sort of assurance. I don't know how that happens. How do you get assurance that there's not going to be a show call on Rick Pitino? Um, if he opens up all of his phone records and email records, that's great, but you got you definitely have to do some heavy due diligence there. Uh, and I just don't know if our program is in such dire straits. I mean, I know, I know we want to win, but do we want to take that risk? I don't know. Um, we have to have some sort of resolution on this NCAA front before I would pull the trigger on Rupertino. But it'd be great if, if that ever did happen, which probably is not going to happen. I mean, dude, the guy can coach, no doubt. Uh, another name that uh, I was actually asked about on Twitter uh, was 
Greg Marshall from Wichita State. Uh, and I almost kind of just rejected that out of hand. Like, okay, this is a guy that turned down UCLA. He's turned a lot, a lot more high-profile jobs than our job. There's no doubt about that. So when people are suggesting, hey, let's just throw the bang at Greg Marshall and think he's going to come, I just don't see that happening. But is this a guy that, that you think we should at least kind of kick the tires around with? Um, yeah, the one, you know, I was reading something. I think the one reason I'd at least just put a feeler out there is I think I read he's losing, I think, four or five seniors from his team this year. Yeah, yeah. So and I he's not – I think he's like 56 years old. He's, he's not old, but he's not young. If he's going to make a move – if he's ever going to leave Wichita State, it's got to be relatively soon. Yeah, that's why I said. I mean, if he's going to leave with him losing, I think I think it was five seniors with his starting point guard. If you're yeah, going to lose, losing all that, uh, that you're going to lose that much. And like you said, he's not the youngest guy. And so, if he's going to make a move right now, would be the time where you know because you're about to have to. You're not. You're, I mean, you're close to a rebuild at Wichita State. Yeah, I mean, they're losing Morris, losing Shamit, losing Connor Frankamp. I mean, they're losing a bunch of guys there. Uh, and you know, he's he reportedly turned out Alabama when they were when they were uh, hiring uh, Avery Johnson. Yeah, see, the, that whole thing though is they, they were in the midst of their run with Ron Baker. And yeah, it's, it was hard to leave then. Yeah, it was hard to leave then. There's no doubt. And but and he was he had he wasn't as old. He's not again. He's not old. But you know, 56. You're not a spring chicken either. You only have so many good years left before you know you might just be stuck in that job forever. So if he's gonna move, it's probably gonna be in the next couple of years, if not this year. I, there's a couple big time jobs opening up this year. I mean, well, we know UConn's already open, although they have some potential NCAA violations going on there. But they'll probably get hit. I don't know how hard, but they'll probably yeah, get I hit. I feel like they're they, they're looking at Hurley from Rhode Island. Yeah, probably, probably that's where he'll probably land. Uh, but you know, Greg Marshall, ha- he's he's had some ties to the, to the South. Um, so I I don't think it's out of the question. I kind of dismissed it out of hand, and I probably shouldn't have done that. Now that you look at some of the more con- the context around the situation. I still, I still think it would be highly unlikely that Greg Marshall would come here, but I don't think it's as unlikely as I did maybe early yesterday when this news first hit. Because if you think about it, you're right. He's, got, he's losing a lot this year. He, he's, if he wants to move, he's got to be probably pretty soon. Uh, I do think that we – I, I really do think his job is an attractive job, especially for someone who has some ties uh, to this. I think his wife has some ties to the South as well. So I, I wouldn't be surprised, especially with the, with the, with the uh, Atlanta base here, the recruiting base. It wouldn't be a complete shock, but I still would say it's unlikely at this point. But, hey, you ask. You, you make the guy say no. You make the guy say no. There's no doubt there. Uh, all right, so it, let's say if something falls through. We don't land Thad Mata. Don't land Tom Cream. Patino's a no-go. Uh, if Marshall decides to stay at Wichita State or he goes elsewhere. And we're looking at some of these younger, mid-major type coaches. There's a couple of guys I'm looking at here. you got Earl Grant from College of Charleston who just won. This uh, conference tournament made, brought, took them to the NCAA tournament for the first time in a long time. Wes Miller has won back-to-back regular season titles at UNC Greensboro uh, and just won the tournament and uh, got, got his team into the NCAA tournament for the first time in a while there. And then you also got you mentioned Danny Hurley, who's probably going to end up at UConn. He's at Rhode Island right now, brother of Bobby Hurley. Uh, of those three guys, if you had your pick of them, now we might not have an option with Danny Hurley. Uh, but if you had your pick of those three guys, which way would you go? Um, just because I'm a little, uh, you know, I just feel feel like it. But I, I would go with Wes Miller. I think he's one of these guys that really young to, guy. He's a really young guy. I think he's up in thirty five years old. And I honestly believe I like the system he runs. He runs a system very similar to what you, the UNC Tar Heels run, where you know they they, they and it's not just the up tempo offense. But if you if you watch North Carolina when they're really clicking, when they have a good team, they're off, honestly very dominant and 
on defensive side of the ball. So he's one of these that builds his team on the defensive side of the ball, which leads to their fast break and their up tempo offense. And I, I think that's the type of system he's trying to run. So I mean, I, I just I, I really like that system, that offense, that offense. And he's also got that pedigree of playing for Roy Williams and just being around that program. Yeah, former North Carolina basketball player, thirty five years old at UNC Greensboro. Um, like I said, two back or back to back Southern Conference regular season and, titles. And not only that, he didn't come to a program that had a history of winning. Oh God, Green, no. uh, Greensboro was really bad when he took over. Greensboro was terrible, but he he's made them relevant. And uh, this is like he's one hundred percent an up and coming coach. There's no doubt about it. My concern would be if you hire a guy like this, he would use our job as a stepping stone. Let's be real. If, but I mean, so could Grant though. I mean, say he wins some games there, and someone's like, "Wow, this yeah, guy can win." Exactly, and, and mean, that's one. That's that, another I, I reason. I think that's a danger with any young guy. Like Absolutely, that, someone that's been at a smaller school. I think Absolutely. there's always a danger of it. And that's why another reason I would prefer a more established coach who's a little bit older. Because I'm not saying like, okay, let's say if Thad Mon or Tom Crean take our job and they have some success within the first four or five years. I'm not saying there's no way they're going to leave for another job, but it's less likely because they'd both be in their mid-50s, uh, late-50s, depending on when they would leave. And maybe they don't want to rebuild all over again. Maybe, they, maybe they're too old for that, and they don't want to leave the comfort of being in the Atlanta area, especially if you had success in Georgia. I think this is a program that, you could, that could really take off. And if you build that and take off, why would you want to leave? It's not as high-pressure high of a situation because the expectations in basketball are not near as high. Obviously, since we let Mark Fox go nine years, only making the tournament two times. So the expectations are as high as maybe one of those true elite blue-blood basketball programs. But if you hire a guy like Earl Grant or Wes Miller, even Danny Hurley, if they have some success early on, those guys are going to – they're jumping to one of those blue-bloods. Like Wes Miller, when Roy Williams moves on, if Wes Miller jumps to a big-time job this year and has some success over the next couple of years, when Roy leaves North Carolina, you don't think Wes Miller's going to be a, a big player for that job? There's no doubt. There's no doubt he'll be a big time player. I mean, like, I, like you know, I both agreed on. They're, they're, I mean, it's a chance no matter what. With all those young guys, yeah, absolutely. That, yeah, that's, again, that's why I would favor hire the right guy. He's, I mean, yeah. it, to, to be honest, you should be. I mean, that should say something about your program. If you have a guy that's up for those jobs, you're thinking, wow, okay, first off, we made the right hire. Absolutely, because if they leave, then we've we're we're having some success as a basketball program, yeah, and, and, and hopefully that helps us the next time. Say they leave and for a better job, all right? So that means that we've had success. And at the same time, that means we're still an attractive person. And that helps us with the next tire. That helps us with the next tire. Yeah, that helps you with the next go-around. But, yeah, but still, I would say, well, you're right. 100% right. That's certainly a possibility and probably a likelihood with any young coach. But that's what you have to settle for. That's what you have to deal with if you don't get some of those guys like the Tom Crean, Fad Madden. Right. I mean, that's that's a reality that you may have to face and live with. Right, that's why I want one of those guys first. And if we don't land those, then okay. Then we'll take Earl Grant or Wes Miller or somebody like that. And I'm fine with that. Uh, but I wouldn't go after them first to get, because for that reason also because they haven't done it at the high level, they haven't made Final Fours. We're projecting that they can do it, and probably maybe they can, but we just don't know, whereas with Mata, Cream, Patino, Marshall, we know those guys have that pedigree. Whether we land them or not, I don't know, although it sounds like... A different question. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like there's there's a very realistic possibility some interest all the way around Mata, Cream. Um, Patino, maybe even. Uh, yeah, I think Patino will cra- Patino will crawl through gra- glass to get any job right now. Let's oh, be yeah, real. I just wouldn't out. settle for anyone like the Middle Tennessee coach who's already Kermit freaking Davis. No way, no way. Kermit, yeah, he's sixty three, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. And you're, I think you're hearing that he's going to Ole Miss, which yeah, that's, that seems what that, that seems to be the case. Going to Ole Miss, dude. I don't, I don't know. See, man. that's the here's my thing though. If we, if we're some, and by the way, here, Kermit I, Davis had a show calls early in his career. Just throw that out there. Don't people if realize that? The worst, you know, the one person who I would be, would be my dark horse. Who's that? Andy Kennedy. 
You know, I I don't think Andy Kinney is a terrible coach. I don't think like no, I mean, he, Ole Miss does not have a, a Ole Miss a has has a it's probably the worst basketball program in the SEC. Like historically, they're terrible. Took them from nothing to I mean, they made the tournament multiple times and they made runs the SEC tournament. I mean, he's done a lot there. I don't think he's the I think he's a better coach than Mark Fox. Now the argument would be better. He's him and Fox are very similar. But right, that's the argument. Better. People would say, why? Why do if we're gonna hire Andy Kinney, why do we fire Mark Fox? Because they basically have the same thing. But my argument would be that, that's what I think. I think he's like the last of the last because you yeah, he's he's certainly like okay. Well, if, if we miss and miss and miss and miss and miss, then you can go for a guy like that. But I don't think that would be very well received in the Georgia fan base. No, I agree, and that's why I think that's why I said if you miss and miss, then he's not the worst option where you're settling for someone. I do think he's a little bit better coach than Mark Fox. I get because I know our job isn't a great job, but Ole Miss that Ole Miss basketball. Whew, historically, they always, they always have a good offense. Actually, that's I'm gonna try to pull this. Up. I was looking at this the other day. Uh, I was actually listening to another podcast uh, on the Ringer Network. It's a great podcast. I don't know why I'm throwing them the plug because they don't need my help. Uh, but uh, the One Shining podcast with Tate Frazier, uh, dude, hilarious stuff. But they were talking about Ole Miss job, and I had no idea that they were – I knew they were a bad program, but I had no idea they were this historically bad. I'm going to try to pull up the numbers here. I don't know if you probably really care about this, but it just like – I was like, oh, my God, I had no idea they were that bad. Uh, let's see, Ole Miss basketball program. Let's see, Wikipedia. Of course, Wikipedia is missed. Okay, they are all-time record. They're 500, 1284 and 1282 all-time. So that's that's just – that's not very good. And if you look at us, I'm here, our basketball program, watch me be like – watch us be worse. All right, all-time University of Georgia basketball. I don't know. I can't find ours. But I can't imagine it's worse than that. I take that back. We are 13-34 and 12-37 overall. So a little bit better than them. So Ole Miss, it's just a really bad basketball program. I mean, but if we hired Andy Kennedy, I don't think people would love that. That would just be a kind of a last resort type thing. But I don't think he would necessarily be horrific. It would just, I don't know if that would energize the fan base whatsoever. But it's definitely an interesting name to throw out there. All right, any other names you want to throw out there? Because we don't know. Like These are the names that are mentioned right now, but we don't really know exactly what's going yeah, on. You, you have, the one that you hear the most is Thad Matta, who's supposed to be on campus on Monday. Yeah. And like when, when, we, when we hired Mark Fox from Nevada, I, I I had no idea who Mark Fox was. He wasn't some, a name that I was thinking about, but oh. Yeah, I, especially I, on the West Coast. Yeah, I mean, well, Mark Fox, where did that come from? So maybe it's something like that again this year. It's a guy that we, that comes out of nowhere. We're like, oh, oh okay. Um, so who knows, but these are the names that, that we've been hearing recently. We'll definitely be paying very close attention to this, uh, as, as the days and weeks go on. I mean, like, what do you think of timeline? There's no set timeline, but when do you, when do you expect us to have a, a coach in place? I would like to see it within the next week because teams, because it's starting to heat up and the jobs, as the jobs get filled, there's going to be less and less candidates. Well, I think it depends on who we go after. If it's Thad Mott or Tom Crean, we can hire them tomorrow. Yeah, we're uh, going to hire them this week, but if you're looking at Marshall, you got to wait until they get knocked right. out. Right, any of those guys, time, Marshall, Grant, Miller, Hurley. All those guys yeah, you have to wait until they're knocked out. Behind the scenes, though. Yeah, you, know, you, you can definitely get things moving behind the scenes, but there's not going to be an announcement until those teams are knocked out if they're in the tournament right now. Uh, but but Mata and Crean, like, we could literally have an agreement in place tomorrow. Patino, uh, same thing. Uh, so, I mean, it'll be an interesting season. We'll definitely be following this very closely. We're definitely going to be uh, hitting you guys up later this week with some more spring practice previews. We'll be talking about 
the uh, the DBs. We'll be talking about the uh, quarterback position and also the wide receivers. But like I said, we will be watching this and kind of monitoring what's going on. And if if there's some news breaking, we will definitely uh, have some uh, have some commentary for you guys on that front. But uh, very interesting. Uh, I, again, I, I I'm excited that we made. I'm excited that we have an opportunity to get better moving forward. I'm not excited um, to see a guy like Mark Fox have to lose his job. It's unfortunate, but it is, it's the nature of the beast. He knew what he got into. Great guy. I wish him absolutely 100% the best moving forward. Um, but I'm excited to see what we can do with this hire and see what this basketball program can be because I really think that we can be maybe not an elite program, but I think that we can be a very, very good, consistent program that can be in the tournament conversation, in the tournament on a consistent basis, and every now and then make a run. I, I think we have that potential. We just got to hire the right coach. It's a huge hire right now. Um, and we'll see how it plays out. But uh, we'll definitely have you guys covered. Uh, for Curtis, I'm Tyler. Thanks for listening, guys. Really do appreciate that. And as always, go dogs.